Welcome back to the SE Heartback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. With me again, as always, today he gets the good end of the stick. He is the Cody Walker to my Lachlan Ilias. It's Nom. Nom, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to this one. Yeah, look, the Bunnies, um, an interesting team at the start of the season. They were, I had, went back to my notes at the start of the 2023 season. They were my second best performing super coach team. So I had a more high. I think we all had the same guys. Um, mate, let's jump right into it. Your first thought of the 2023 super coach season for the Rabbitohs. What's the, is it a bad one? Is it a good one? What are you thinking here? Oh, this is a, I, when I think of the Rabbitohs, I think, sorry, there's going to be a little bit of a long line answer, but I think of how, you know, mid-season, they were top of the table. Everyone was jumping on them thinking, oh, how good is this? You know, they're going to make a charge. And then somehow it sort of fizzed towards the end that, you know, they completely missed a almost, it's not as bad as last year's Broncos, but sort of even in the same vein there where, you know, everyone expected them to be in the top four, top eight after you know big top to table after you know ten rounds, and then um you had to finish just outside the eight. Um, it's definitely a disappointing season from a uh Rabbitohs fan. So for my first thought, I'm going to do something I haven't done yet in this podcast series. I normally start off by going, "Who's in the great? Who's the MVP of the team for Super Coach?" I'm actually not going to award one for the Rabbitohs. I think this the way to sum up the Rabbitohs season in 2023 for Super Coach. A team of good, good, good averages, good scores, good draft position, all those things. There's not a great one. Let's go through it. I've got these five guys that stand out to me in the good category. So Damian Cook, Cody Walker, Campbell Graham, Alex Johnson, Isaiah Tass. I think if you grab those guys, Cook and Cody would have been around that one, two mark, round one, two, round two. Campbell Graham, AJ, rounds three to four to five. And Tass a little bit lower. I think if you grabbed any of those guys, you're looking at a a high to mid 60s. Um, in AJ and Tass's case, high 50s. You're happy with that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm surprised you don't have where does Trell Mitt go? Well, now let's quickly jump jump into the fails. We can come back. Fail from a draft. What it cost you in the draft? So let's start with Trell Mitt because. Yes, it's a 77 average. That's a huge average. I'm not going to dispute that. But his average draft position on was number four overall. And we know in our comp, he was number two. So a player like Nico, who finished the top super coacher, there was guys that were drafting Trell higher. And I just think at that point there, you know, you're getting 16 games out of him. It's a 77. But that 77, there was two very high scores in there. Then there's a couple of, you know, middling ones as well. So... I think overall, if you drafted Trell, especially uh, he played the round 26, uh, he had the round 26 buy. So if your your grand final was in round 26 in Supercoach, he didn't play. And then in Classic, if you bought him, he was suspended for round 27. So I think as a whole, you have to look at Latrell as could have gone in the good, but for me, the expectations were he was going to be with Cleary and Hines and he didn't hit it. So that's why I'm putting him in the fail there. Yeah, look, fair enough. I mean, average-wise, it's still quite an impressive knock, 77. But, yeah, Troll, if you drafted Troll over the last few years, um, you know, he he does have that you know, upside, that ceiling. But between injuries and suspension, you're lucky to get more than, you know, 15-odd games from him. 
Yeah, and I think next year's going to be a pretty good, interesting case because I think he was the consensus number one fullback this year. Next year, you're going to have Drinkwater and Reese. I think, really challenging him there to see, and Ponga as well. So there's three guys I can already think of that I may draft higher than him. But a couple more fails, again, good averages, good player, but where you had to draft. So I think Care Murray falls into this category. Uh, Care Murray with a 62 average. Again, nothing to sneeze at. He played 21 games. But his average draft position was nine. So people draft him as a first-round pick. And as you know, Nom, he went to four different teams in our comp. Just quite a few scores, you know, lots of 40s. Uh, there was even a 28 in limited minutes. It just never really kicked off. He never turned up. Um, had a score of 92, had a score of 86, 85, 88, but just never really had that game where him already scores a double and sets up too. So that's why I put him there as well. Yeah, I mean, this is why I drafted him second. That would have been around, you know, pick 15-odd in our comp. And so, yeah, this one did hurt a bit. You know, I thought he was he was shooting for, you know, at least 65, maybe even 70. Uh, but this season, he seemed to be, do a lot more passing. Less, so he's sort of not as bad as, you know, Victor Radley sort of mold at 13. But, um, yeah, he didn't – I feel like the action was just, yeah, a few – like one or two passes away from Cam Murray this season, unfortunately. Yeah, and again, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, I had him before the season, you know, the the in classic it was, do you go for Fifi or Cam Murray? And I had him pegged around both around to 70, 75 in that range. And obviously Fifi smashed it and uh, Murray didn't go as well there. But the other guy I've got in the fail, another second rower, good average, but just I feel like he was overdrafted for where he finishes Keon Kulamatungi. So average drop position of 33. So you're looking at around three or in that range, and he did average a 61. Again, there was two big scores that really lifted his averages. Other than that, he's kind of sitting around, you know, uh, a mid to high 50. So I think Keon's going to be an interesting one because the last guy in the favorite talk about is obviously Lockie Ilias. I think for me, after watching Dean Hawkins play in the uh, in the cup final on the weekend, I think there's going to be a real test if Dean Hawkins gets the halfback spot over Ilias next year. And I think if it is Hawkins, Keon becomes interesting because I think he will lose some value for next year. Uh, and if he can, you know, add six to eight points onto that average, becomes again one of those star second rollers we need. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually surprised looking at Keon. For some reason, in my mind at least, I had him sort of doing a lot better than a 61 average across the season there. Uh, he seemed to be quite damaging, and especially how he, you know, had his first start in Origin. Uh, I would have yeah expected at least yeah sixty if not even sorry sixty five if not even seventy from him. Um, yeah, Lachlan Ilias, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, you let go of A Ray for for Ilias, um, uh, at at the South Club, but yeah, I mean, so what did Ilias average? Forty two. Yeah, yeah it, it, hurts. Ilias was one of those guys. You know, if you're in your draft and you know the first eight to nine halfbacks went. There would have been a, you know, a little, you know, let's take a flyer. He's in a rabbit so it's going to be flying. And when you look at his scores overall, you know, he's he did have a couple of scores pushing that 75 high score of 80. But yeah, there was a there was a big floor where there was multiple scores under 25, a low score of an eight. Just someone who, and again, it wasn't like Cody Walker went crazy. Cody Walker finished with a 69 average and, you know, for Cody... 
once again, it's a couple of big scores. You know, there's, I can see in these grid there, four big scores are really boosted the average. And then again, there's quite a few scores under 50 for even Cody. So I just feel like points for super coach points were on offer in this Rabideau side. Obviously, you saw when Latrell played, he cleaned up and ate a lot of those points. But Campbell Graham, when he was earlier in the year, had a really good start to the season. I think that sturm injury really played a negative impact on him. Someone like Cookie just, you know, was consistent around that 65. But for where we thought this team would be, and like you said, leading the combo after round 11, finishing to um, not finishing the finals, uh, not playing finals. Um, yeah, just a season of what-ifs. I think quite a few guys were drafted very early. Uh, I think, you know, even in outcome I can speak to, there was a lot of trades for Rabbitohs guys. Never really paid off in the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's a season of sort of what-ifs, what could have been. Um, I guess me personally, I tried to, I guess, stay away from Rabbitohs just because I knew that they had the um, the grand final in round 26. Uh, sorry, they had the buy in round 26, which was our grand final. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you ex- I mean, I was talking to you on the weekend about this. You'd expect them to be in the surely next next oh, with this yeah. sort of roster and you know with um uh with Whiten coming in centers. Yeah, I just I just have a feeling, and again, we'll get to this later in the off season. But there's always one or two teams that leave the eight and two that come in. But this year, when you think about those teams just outside the eight, you got Rabbits, Para, Cowboys. Manly with Turbo, Des Hasler with the Titans, you know, and that's just the teams that we know of. Then it's going to be, you know, there's always going to be that random team of maybe the Finns can jump up, maybe the Dragons with Flanagan, maybe the Bulldogs with their new signing. So I just feel like there's too much competition and I'm not locking them in right now. Obviously, I want to see how the offseason plays out. Even just looking at the Supercoach app, like it's just striking to me that once you kind of get past, if you saw the app by averages, guys, if you don't have the app by by averages, you know, once you get past Isaiah Tassa number nine, you know, the next the next guys on the list in terms of averages, Kenner, Arrow, Milne, Hawkins, Burgess, Cheekamp, Totola, Ilias, all in that like mid 40s. It's they're actually not they're very high end rich in terms of they've got some very good superstars in each position, but their depth falls apart. And obviously, Supercoach does transition to normal NRL and you know, real life couple of injuries in this Rabbitoh side, the ass could fall out of it and they could, you know, be one of those things you want to avoid. Uh, so that they're a question mark for me. I do want to see, but let's, that leads us into the last point here. 2024 hope. I'll give you mine. And then I just want to have a quick chat about the rabbits heading into the off season. So the one guy I'm really excited for is obviously Ty Munro. I think if we get him on the wing in round one, he's going to be a very interesting guy. I think he's going to be similar to a Hopgood this year where you might have to go a little bit earlier than you think you're going to need to, but it could pay off. Um, I think he's very exciting. But then again, I look at the rest of the rest of the side. Again, I could just talk about Latrell, Cody, Cook, and Murray. Let's take those and Campbell Graham. Let's chuck them in there as well. That's five premier guys in five different positions. I'm looking at and off the top of my head, in every single one of those positions, I can name three or four guys that I go, I want that guy before this guy. The Rabbits are slowly turning into, they might turn into a bit of a pod team in Classic because uh, there's so many other options. But yeah, I'm not filled with confidence yet. Let me get into the offseason. Let's get into some signings and the training camp because I'm a little bit down heading into the offseason. What about your thoughts for the 2024 season? Yeah, I mean, I guess history tells me that, you know, the Rabbits have done well for so long. You know, they're made to how many 
uh, preliminary finals in the last few years, and it's hard to knock them, uh, write them off. Sorry, with such a you know strong spine there, um, Damien Cook especially. You know he's he's been up there in a very shallow position for a long time. Um, but then again, he's sort of only getting um he he's not getting younger. That is. So it'll be interesting to see how Damon Cook um goes for the next season of Supercoach, whether he will still be playing, you know, that average of you know eighty minutes or whether he will start, you know, um regressing and you know taking some time off. Yeah, I think for me, and I'll leave it here, I think it's just about the value because like you said, you, you made a very good point there. You know that it's happened before. So there's that innate, there's an eight thing in your mind to say, I trust it, and that's means everyone else will trust it. So you're gonna have to draft. A bit overs. I'll give you an example here. Damian Cook is 65 average. Do you want him in round one or two? Or do you want Jerry Marshall King with nearly the same average in round four to five? Do you want Damian Cook in round one or two? Or do you want Blake Braley in round four to five? These are the type of questions. Is it at hooker, like you said, it's a shallow position, but do you want to sacrifice an eight-point average in your hooker position to go grab a superstar at fullback or a superstar uh, at Harper. I think it's a very interesting one because Cook is going to be a very interesting one. We spoke about it on Grand Final Day when we had the boys over. He was number one pick, number one pick. He's never fallen out of the first round in our draft comp, Cookie. Multiple time first round overall selection. And he's always around that six, seven mark. I just have a feeling this year, this is the first year he's going to drop out. And I think it's going to be one of those things where he he could slide realistically to number three. I think he May not happen in our comp, but I think there'll be quite a few comps out there. That average drive position last year, just to give you an idea, he was the seventh overall uh, draft position. I think there's no chance he finishes in single digits this year. I'd be surprised. So I think, like you said, it's one of these one of these teams. I need to see a bit of off-season talk. I need to see how Dimitri is going to be with his playing roster. How fits Latrell coming into the off-season, into the training camp? And see what the vibe is there because I think this is a this is a big vibe team heading into next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, the Rabbitohs. You you sort of, I guess I think the thing that let them down this year is their defense because we all know that you know they're a great attacking team and that's why they are so uh, which makes them so appealing as a super coach side. But I think yeah, it, it, I think it will come to, you know, the whispers we hear from preseason and, you know, see how their form looks going into the uh, all those preseason games, whether there looks like some, something has clicked in the, with them. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it, it will be a bit of a gamble and you might have to go a lot higher than um, you'd ideally like to for some of these rabbits. One of the most intriguing teams in the season. Nom, thank you for coming on, mate. All right, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please get to the socials at the SC Heartback. New pods coming again this week. Check out the Instagram and the Twitter for any posts. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.